0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski.
1: And welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. Tom Doran sitting right next to me. Tom, how you doing?
2: Fantastic.
1: Very good. Ready for a hot topic today?
2: I'm ready. We're going to eat good today, aren't we? <laughs> We're
1: going to eat good today. We've got a great got, topic. We've got the guest. That's right. That's right. It's the head chef That's right. at the Catholic Cafe. Oh, no, man. It's <laughs> Father Ben Bradshaw. Father Ben, welcome to the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic
2: Cafe. Praise God. Thank you. Good to it's be here. It's always good to have you here. It's always good to come back. Well, we, the cuisine is wonderful. Yeah, well, because you cook it. Well, you know, there's a difference between food and cuisine. This oh, is cuisine. Okay. That's true. We don't That's we true. don't do French here, so don't don't say use those French words it's like Neapolitan ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: thank you so much for joining us, and we've got a heady topic today. We want to talk about this is sort of part two. We we did a show called The Real Angels and Demons, and we talked about angels. Mm-hmm. So that means part two. We're going to talk about what demons, demons, demons. Now, first off, what we have to do here is. I know that there are people listening to go, well, you know, the devil's not real. The whole idea that that there's bad stuff in the world or whatever, we just need to understand there are bad things. But there's no bad being that's causing us to fall into the temptation or, or uh, to do those bad things. What say the church?
2: <laughs> the official church teaching is that the devil was originally created good. And we're taking this directly from uh, the Fourth Lateran Council. That was in 1215. And it says this, quote, For the devil and the other demons were created naturally good by God, but it is they who by their own action made themselves evil. So they originally created good. By their own choosing, they chose to leave God. Now, the thing is, too, they were, they were given free will, just like we are given free will. The thing is, the demons... They made a one-time, okay, free decision to accept or reject God. Now, we can do this over the course of our lifetime. They made it in an instant to one-time free decision to accept or reject God. And this is forever. This is for all eternity. So that means the demons right now, okay, they cannot then choose to be good, okay? And nor can um, the angels that have chosen God choose to become evil. It's a one-time free decision. And God gave them free will. You know, love... Love is it's, it's a freedom of wills. We choose to love or reject our spouse. It's the same thing with our faith. And that goes for angels as well, who are pure spirits. And so the, the official church teaching is that they were created good, but God gave them free will. They chose to leave. And, and Lucifer, keeping in mind that word, Lucifer means light, an angel of light, from lumen, right? Uh, he was originally created good. And this is in our Catechism 391, I believe. Um, this is in... Um, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith in 1975 published a document called Christian Faith and Demonology, and they reiterate this point as well that that the the devil was created good, but by his own choosing, by his own pride, um, wanted uh, wanted the adoration of God, and so he took some of the the angels with him that then became demons.
1: Now you just rock the world of several people who are listening because I know that there are people that believe that there's not really. Any demons that there's not really any evil spirits that really there's sort of a darker side of us.
0: They don't believe there's a us. real
1: Lucifer. Well, that the, that the devil is real, and 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 today we hear that all the time. And I know the church teaches that the devil is real, but you're you're already talking about you know who the devil is, mm-hmm. and and we we know who the devil is, and we teach that the devil is real, and that's an eye opener for a lot of folks because there's a lot of people that believe. Well, I don't know. I think this people make bad choices, and uh, you know, and that leads to a lot of bad karma or whatever. Mm-hmm. And right. all of a sudden, you you have a bad, a lot of bad stuff going on.
2: Right. And there's the the church delineates between two polar opposites that we need to avoid. There's some people that see the devil under every rock and every crevice, and they're paranoid and they can't relax. On the other hand, there's people that, that's Tom, that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that does we're sound here like for me. moral support. Tom. Thank you, I appreciate that. On the other hand, there's people that totally reject um, the, is, the existence of Satan, which unfortunately we see a lot of times in Catholic universities. Um, and so, what we're looking for is what Saint Thomas Aquinas calls the via media, the middle of the road. Okay, yes, the devil exists. Yes, the devil is real. Is our Councils have reiterated over and over and over again. We've had 21 ecumenical councils. This is clearly in all four of the Gospels. Jesus did many, many exorcisms. Many, many of the popes have talked a lot about this, including most recently Paul, the, Paul VI in 1972 talked a lot about this. John Paul II in his Wednesday catechesis in 1986 has a catechesis specifically on the angels and the demons when he says this is de fide, something we believe and um, the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith has said to reject the existence of the devil is to reject the gospels this is in the Gospels it's what we believe
1: so we know that the devil's real and we know that demons are real and if they are real and of course you've told us that that they were made good and they chose by their own free mm-hmm. will to be bad right? right to be evil right what is their purpose what is their primary goal what are they bent mm-hmm. on
2: doing they have one mission: their mission, other than hating God, is as an assumption. Their mission is our destruction. Okay, they hate um, flesh. They hate mankind, be- and especially hate that the Word became flesh, as we hear in the the beginning of John's Gospel.
1: Is that out of jealousy, maybe? Uh, because if you're, if you're if they hate God with all the intensity uh, that that we that anybody could ever muster or imagine you know, then obviously they would hate anything that God created and they would hate anything that God loved.
2: Right. And there's a very old uh, Christian expression that says, if you want to know what is most precious to God, look at what is most attacked by the evil one. And what is most attacked? We often see the sanctity of human life, the sanctity of marriage, um, many of these things, and and um, and and this is what he goes after. Many times he targets his his efforts against uh, these these things, and especially the sh- shepherds as well. Certainly, shepherds, um, people with influence over other people, are often attacked.
1: Are we to assume that that the devil then is all powerful? I mean, is the devil like
2: God? The devil is a creature, and this is one of the things that uh, John Paul II makes this point in August. Of 1986, he says we cannot forget, and this is reiterated on our Catechism as well. We cannot forget that the devil is a creature. He's a creature. He's very, very high. We believe, as you, as you recall, in our we had nine choirs of angels, right? And we had angels from each one of those choirs that left with Satan. Okay, they retain their power and their rank according to Church doctrine, which means that there are some demons that are very, very powerful. And this is a very important point, something that C.S. Lewis used to make this point all the time. Um, he used to say that, of course, Satan's number one tactic is to make us believe he does not exist. And there are many people that believe that, quote, the devil is the opposite of God. That's that's not, not only wrong, it's actually heretical. That's a heresy that we call dualism, which is a form of Gnosticism dating to the second century. Satan is not the opposite of God. Satan um, Satan is a creature in no way, shape, or form a threat to God. However, maybe the nemesis of Satan is St. Michael the archangel. Um, we hear several times in Scripture, including the book of Daniel, and including um, Revelation about the war between Michael and the, the evil one and, and Satan. And, of course, we know that, that we know who won that battle. That's right. And so Satan, with the cross, the passion, death, and uh, resurrection of Christ, was dealt a mortal wound. I often use, when I'm too, speaking to grade school kids, I often use the analogy of the Titanic. You know, the Titanic was mortally, mortally wounded by the iceberg, right? Right. And uh, some people got off and some people didn't. And Satan is the Titanic. He knows he's mortally wounded. We have the opportunity to get on a life raft. If we want, but a lot of people don't want the life raft because it's too tough. (laughs) Yeah, and so they don't. We don't want to change, and so. But he's he knows that he's wounded. He knows he's sinking, but he wants to take as many with him on the way down.
1: So these demons that are that are moving through the world. um, One of the things I love, and and we'll pray this at the end of uh, of the show. But in the Saint Michael the Archangel prayer that we say, it talks about these demons. Uh, prowling about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. How, how do they prowl? I mean, wh- where do we experience demons? How do mm. we, uh, as humans, experience uh, demonology and, and, um, uh, and that whole demon world?
2: Mm. Covetousness, anger, lust, sloth, pride, envy, gluttony, capital sins. But more than those, certainly we could say that I, I would argue, and this is just a personal opinion, I believe that the number one tactic that the evil one uses to attack us is discouragement for -hmm. each one of us. And so, and if you follow the path of discouragement to its logical end, it leads to what we call despair and there's nothing that ever good comes from despair. And so the opposite of this is hope. And that is what our guardian angel is. uh, That's what their mission is, is to give us hope and to enlighten our intellect according to, to theological terms that we come to a deeper understanding of truth. And as Jesus told us, you will find the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that is that is the goal of the guardian angel, to bring us to a deeper understanding of truth. How does he attack us? I think certainly those ways. And um, when we get involved in addictions, um, I think certainly addictions, that's a huge piece of it. We can put ourselves in, in, in bad situations that we're much more vulnerable to these spiritual attacks.
1: But obviously... You're not going to encounter someone uh, who shows up and they've got a hat that says "devil" on it, yeah. <laughs> and then you know that's the devil. So mm-hmm. then you can avoid whatever he's peddling, mm-hmm. right? Usually, it's it's in these things that we think are actually harmless in and of themselves, but we become fertile uh, ground for the devil to take root if we don't pay attention to the little details that throughout our lives.
2: Absolutely, and the devil never ever appears, appears ugly. Um, it's interesting. He can do nothing creative, nothing creative. He, what he does every generation is he will recycle the same things, but he's a great PR guy. <laughs> he he re- recycles the same thing. He, he paints a pretty picture on the outside, but he recycles it and does marketing for it to make it look appealing to us. But we, quite frankly, we, we keep falling for it, and so there's no reason for him to invent anything new. We, we keep going for it. And then we wonder how we got there.
1: (laughs) Well, we have a lot more to talk about in terms of the devil and the demons. Uh, We'll do that when we come back. But first, uh, I do want to remind everyone at home that – Uh, We have a wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. You can go there and learn more about the church, learn more about this show. You can hear this show or any other show that we've done is there available for you to download uh, and listen to. Uh, Or you can sign up for one-click podcasting, which is kind of cool. And also, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, please don't say the devil made me do it and not tune us back in. We'll see you in a minute.
0: I'm and this is another great moment in church history. Prayer is the best weapon we have. It is the key to God's heart. You must speak to Jesus not only with your lips, but with your heart. In fact, on certain occasions, you should only speak to him with your heart. These are the words of one of the most profound mystics of the modern church. St. Pio was born in 1887 to humble Christian parents in a small town in Italy. His parents were faithful Catholics who attended Mass every day, prayed the rosary nightly, and abstained from meat three times a week. From the early age of five, Padre Pio consecrated himself to Christ and was said to have conversed with Jesus, the Blessed Mother, his guardian angel, and even suffered attacks by the devil. St. Pio worked and studied like any other child, and faithfully obeyed his parents. In 1897, he and his parents visited the Capuchin Friars in Marconi, Italy. The friars told Padre Pio's parents that they wanted him to enter their order, but he needed more education. So his father sought work in the United States that he might complete his schooling and become a Capuchin friar. At the age of 15, St. Pio took the habit of the order of the Friar's Minor Capuchin on January 22, 1903. Within a few years, he took his final vows and was ordained a priest in 1910. Within months of his ordination, he was given the stigmata, the five wounds of Christ. This miraculous event created much suffering for Padre Pio. He wrote, Last night something happened which I can neither explain nor understand. In the middle of the palms of my hands a red mark appeared, about the size of a penny, accompanied by acute pain in the middle of the red marks. Padre Pio also experienced spiritual and physical attacks from demonic spirits. He struggled mightily with this spiritual combat. In one letter he wrote, The devil does not want to lose this battle. He takes on many forms. For several days now, he has appeared with his brothers who are armed with batons and pieces of iron. There were several times when they threw me out of my bed and dragged me out of my bedroom. These spiritual attacks lasted for many years, but Padre Pio remained faithful and always trusted in the help of Christ. During this time, he said, Fear not, because God is with you. I'm Best Droszymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And we're back in the Catholic Cafe, sitting in the luxurious corner booth. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Tom Dorian and the head chef at the Catholic Cafe, Father Ben Bradshaw. Father Ben, you doing okay?
2: Bueno, I need a I need a tall chef hat, don't I? Yes, you do.
1: <laughs> that would be very nice. The
2: rest of me is not so tall. It'd be nice to have a tall chef hat. So
1: you could get a tall hat, but you know, maybe if you were made a bishop, you'd have a tall.
0: <laughs> tall there you go. Hat. There you would you cook in that thing if you were a bishop?
1: <laughs> we don't want to know. We don't want to know. Well, let's continue on with our discussion about the devil, demons, and those devilish things. Um, and let's talk first about. Um, Where in the Bible do we find the devil? I know we talk about Satan, and everyone knows his name is Satan, and then you hear about Lucifer. But are there other names or other understandings of who the devil is and and what role he's played in fighting salvation all along?
2: We hear about the devil in in the Old and New Testament. We hear um, in Genesis 3.15, we have what we call the proto or the first uh, proto-evangelium. God says to, to Satan, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. We call this traditionally the Proto-Evangelium. And, of course, in the book of Job, we hear about this dialogue going back and forth between God and uh, and and Satan as well. Um, I'll just read off some scriptures. Matthew 12, we hear the words, the strong one, the evil one, Matthew 13, 19, the prince of the world, John 12, 31. Um, so there's many, many scripture passages. It's, um, it's very interesting, I think, especially in the, book, the books, um, certainly, of uh, Genesis and Revelation. We hear some very keen insights about the nature of the evil one, um, that he is. Uh, we hear the accuser of our brother is cast out, certainly. You know, we hear this in the New Testament. The, the accuser of our brothers cast out, who night and day accuse them before God. Uh, the scriptures replete with passages on Satan.
1: What are we to do with our daily lives when we encounter the devil, when we encounter what we think might be some reality of the devil or a demon in our life? How do we avoid falling to the temptations? How do we avoid becoming in league with the devil, with, mm-hmm. uh, with, with devilish things?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, certainly as Catholics, what we need to do is, is stay close to the sacraments, stay close to the Blessed Mother. In a particular way, stay close to the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, we need to watch what our habits are. Now, this is very basic. Um, this is the kind of the ABCs. What are your habits? Okay. Um, this sounds, sounds uh, kind of silly to, for some people, but you know, what, do you have temperance? Um, are, 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 are we? What are we watching at night? Um, you know, some people would say, well, what does that have to do with spiritual warfare? It has everything to do with spiritual warfare right. because what happens is we become desensitized. And let's take television, for instance. Is to, There's nothing wrong with television, per se, um, and there's some great programs on television. There's also some very, very unchaste and very violent programs on TV. So if we become so desensitized to it that it's natural to us we say, well, this is normal. Uh, we can also use the example of the magazines. When we're going to check out in the grocery store, you know, you have a 12-year-old daughter that's reading the front of Cosmo magazine that says, you know, they have their understanding of what sex is along with uh, Hugh Hefner. Exactly this is right. This is totally different than us. However, if we're st- so desensitized as time goes on, we say, well, this is normal. Then we say, well, it's not that, it's not that big a deal. Uh, you know it's, this is normal, and so we need to say, what are our habits okay and so we know that the the pornography industry now and, and worldwide is the sixty billion with a b billion dollar industry mm. um, that that earns more than all, than combined professional sports earns more than ABC, NBC, and Cbs put together it 's an awful lot of sexual exploitation
1: and it 's all done the vast majority of it's done i 'm sure in secret. When people are vulnerable, you know mm-hmm. late at night and, and no. all that kind of stuff, it it's a terrible, terrible place uh, to to experience evil
2: absolutely nobody wakes up in the morning and says today I'm going to become an addict. Um, we become um, kind of apathetic and listlessness and we we kind of forget about the the importance of staying uh, vigilant. Saint Peter says, Be awake, stay sober and alert. Your opponent, uh, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so he's he's saying, be sober and alert. Be awake, be ready. Um, And again, this is different than being paranoid. Um, We have a faith that says the devil exists, but we are not going to fear him. Jesus says, do not be afraid. I am with you always until the end of the age.
1: So what we do even some of the small, simple things that we do that we might think are harmless, and who we hang out with, Mm -hmm. those are very key factors in your encounters with uh, potentially with evil. Absolutely. Now, we don't really think that every time that we do something bad, that we've suddenly become possessed by the devil, that we're truly possessed, like the devil actually enters our body. Some people might think that. Let's talk a little bit about that sort of misinformation that's out there.
2: There's a lot, um, and, and, uh, and one of the reasons why I've done my own research on this is I just had so many teenagers in particular that came up to me and asked me about this, and I thought I need to be well-informed on this or better informed. And so I started doing more and more research for this very reason. And what we believe is that possession is very, 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 very rare. It does happen, though. It certainly does happen, and this is just a historical fact. This does happen, and this is clearly delineated in our church uh, teachings and doctrine as well. Jesus exercised in all four of the Gospels. Um, we don't What does
1: exercise mean? We hear that word all the time. We've seen the movie The Exorcist, right? But truly, what is going on when you say exorcism?
2: In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 1673, it specifically talks about uh, an exorcism. We believe that an exorcism can only be done by a Catholic priest with the authority and the permission of his bishop. Um, there are people that do quote deliverance ministry. they pray and over people and they pray with people um, and but this is different than an exorcism, okay um, th- I know that there are people of other faiths that will say that they do exorcisms, uh, but according to Catholic doctrine, this is what we believe this is also in our canon law and under no circumstance would this happen until there's many, many evaluations. Um, by by per- medical professionals and psychological pro- professionals, and this hmm.
1: all comes from the understanding of the authority that's granted to the church. That the church becomes the conduit for God's grace, and even back to uh, Matthew sixteen eighteen, when when Jesus gives uh, the keys to the kingdom of heaven and earth to. Uh, Peter, right, and he says the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I mean, really, this is an authority granted to the church, and that's why we say that uh, the exorcisms that comes out of the church, out of the authority of the church.
2: Absolutely, it's not it's not the priest in and of himself that performs this. It's God working through him. It's kind of like when I absolve someone in, the, in confession, I say, "Quote, I absolve you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." It's not Father Ben. It's God working through Father Ben. Or it's when, during the Mass, when the priest leans over and says, this is my body. It's not Father Ben's body. It's Jesus Christ working through me.
1: That's our Latin phrase, in persona Christi, mm-hmm. which is in the person of Christ. That's who you are. You are Christ at that moment.
2: And it's, and it's important to, to note as well, and the word exorcism is not in Scripture, along with uh, purgatory and, and, and trinity and... And there's some of these things that we believe, obviously, very profoundly that are not in themselves, that word in Scripture. We hear of Jesus, quote, casting out evil ones, casting out the devils, right? And, um, and of course, they knew exactly who he was. They knew that their time is limited. Have you come to torment us before the appointed time? Right. And, of course, he said they did not permit them to speak. They know that at the second coming, th- this will be the end completely for them. And it's important to point out that, that the devil does not possess the soul; that the devil only possesses the body. Okay. And so, what is the difference between an exorcism and, a, and the sacrament of reconciliation? The sacrament of reconciliation purifies the soul, and an exorcism purifies the body. An exorcism in it is, is only a sacramental; it's not a sacrament. Okay, and so um, many of the exorcists have said the, that the sacrament of reconciliation is in many ways m- many more many times more powerful than than uh, an exorcism. Okay.
1: Now, how do we determine that someone needs exorcism? I mean, I know I've met some people in my life where it's like, yeah, that person might be possessed. That's kind of, you know, like just the other day. Why do you look at, at, me, at me like that? <laughs> I'm glad oh, you I'm didn't so look so at the <laughs> <good>. chef. <Yeah. laughs> I want good. to see if your eyes turn red. And- <laughs> Uh, whatnot, but anyway, wh- how do we go through this process? I know you can't just uh, lo- look up in your uh, local diocesan and directory uh, and find, you know, uh, exorcisms. What do you do?
2: It's interesting. There's many times when people get to this point. Um, it's been very, very obvious all along the way. To be honest, um, from my own research on this, levitating above <laughs> the bed, their head turned <laughs> exactly, all the way exactly there's uh quite often there's an aversion to the sacred they 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 have a deep aversion to the sacred um of course there are supernatural signs that have traditionally accompanied that you know they they know languages that that they wouldn't normally um be able to know even at young ages right and um and and uh certainly you know if uh, some exorcists will say certainly superhuman strength some of these things and and um Um, But to be sure, there's an aversion to the sacred.
1: So some of the things that we see in some of these popular Hollywood films, there might be some elements of truth, but we have to be very careful when we're viewing those. Are we finding out about actual genuine church
2: teaching? Because their mission is not so much to tell the truth. It's to make money. (laughs) Right. Are you sure, Father? <laughs> wow. That's a pearl of wisdom. Thank you for
1: sharing that with us. We appreciate so much, uh, Father Ben Bradshaw, you coming. Uh, as I know your, your duties as head chef at the Catholic Cafe are very, uh, very tiring, but you still take a few moments to come out uh, in, into the luxurious corner booth and, uh, and share your knowledge with us. We appreciate that.
2: Oh, it's a blessing. Thank you.
1: Well, let's close in prayer. And why don't you lead us in the St. Michael the Archangel prayer. All
2: right. Why don't we pray? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection protection against against the wickedness and the the snares snares of the 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 devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who who prowl about the the world world, seeking the ruin of souls. souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.